0: Colorado Avalanche move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. So that brings up the question here in Smashville. Do you feel a little bit better about the Preds getting swept in round one now that it happened to the Edmonton Oilers? We'll talk about that. Plus, should Preds fans cheer for the Colorado Avalanche in the finals? Should they go all in on the bandwagon to make themselves kind of feel a little bit better about the way the season ended? Uh, And more general playoff talk. Coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast.
1: Your Locked on Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime.
1: You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com.
0: Well, the Preds and the Edmonton Oilers have something in common now. (laughs) They do. Uh, uh, in case you missed it last night, the Colorado Avalanche, aka the Preds' first round opponents, I'm sure you all remember. Oh, we they're do. moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals thanks to a wild six five overtime win in Game Four last night. Uh, their first Stanley Cup Finals appearance since 2001. Um, yeah, and. I think the Colorado Avalanche might be pretty good at hockey.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think that they're doing okay. And game 4 was absolutely bat poop crazy. It was in Edmonton if you all didn't watch it it was in Edmonton. And so just the energy highs and lows there throughout this game was just an emotional roller coaster. You know the uh, Abs won it in overtime, six to five. There were six goals scored in the third yeah. period.
0: <laughs> like, this is this is just your standard Edmonton Oilers playoff game.
1: Yeah, it was insane, and you know the avs just continued to roll their scoring came from you know six different players they really did a great job for the most part containing edmonton edmonton did not want to lose this game it kept going back and forth you know the Abs had the lead early, one nothing after the first. The Oilers came back in the second and um, had three to one lead after the second. I mean the place is rocking. Connor McDavid is smiling. And Everybody then they is fell apart. Good. <laughs> and then the third period and the Colorado Avalanche happened. And you know the Abs came out in the third period. They scored with like less than a minute into the period, and it just began to roll and it was an edge of it was an edge of your seat hockey game in the third period because you just had no idea what the hell was going to happen next it was craziness
0: yeah it was it was akin to a blockbuster movie almost yes like there are so many twists and turns but it was kind of one of those mind f blank 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 kind of films Mm. where it's just Yes. Um, where it's just you—you you legitimately had no idea how it was going to end. Like you know, yeah. some 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 big name movies, you can kind of see the ending in sight. You know mm-hmm. what the end point's going to be. You just don't know how they're going to get there. Um, but this, I mean, legitimately had no idea who was going to come out on top. You know, after the yeah. uh, after the the second intermission, I thought you know the Oilers have this. Mm-hmm. You know, they they found their mojo. Yes. Uh, and then once the Avalanche came back and took that lead late, I was like, there's no way. Like, there's no <laughs> way Edmonton's coming back from this. Yeah. Um, and then they did. And yep. so it was just kind of like this wild, you know, back and forth. And it, it, it's crazy. And, you know, it kind of goes to show you how good the Avalanche have been where they've kind of now for the third series in a row – beaten their opponents at their own game Mm -hmm. so to speak you know they made you know the predators series you know a very fast you know kind of physical strong forechecking right the predators breathe kind of series they went to st louis made it you know a very big defensive shutdown um you know not really letting the you know the blues get a chance to score and then they went to edmonton last night And just racked up the goals against them, which is how Edmonton has beaten teams all season long. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of goes to show you the depth this Colorado Avalanche team has where they've kind of played three completely different looking Mm -hmm. series and have won the series kind of in three different distinct ways.
1: Yeah. And they're playing with so much confidence. And of course, it helps when you're in the Western Conference Finals, you know, you're going to be confident. But there was no point in this series. And honestly, there's been no point for the Avalanche in the postseason where they have played back on their heels, even in some of the closer games, you know, when Nashville lost in overtime in game two, even then Colorado just plays in control of the games that they're in and they are playing with so much confidence. And I agree with you. They are, you know, there's just not a weakness in their style of hockey. They have a lineup that can sort of adjust their play based on what's needed against which opponent and for them to come out in the third period and tie that game up and take it to overtime you know, this is a team that's rolling. I don't know who's going to stop them. I just don't know who can stop them.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's one of the two teams left in the Eastern Conference Finals that I think would stop them. Perhaps. Um, that's a different conversation, I think, for a different episode. Mm-hmm. Here's the million-dollar question, Anne, mm-hmm. uh, especially in verse, mm-hmm. You've seen how the Avalanche have played this play uh, – this postseason. They've only lost two games. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel looking back on that first-round series now?
1: You know... It makes me, of course, just instantly feel a little bit better because the Edmonton Oilers are, you know, just a ridiculously strong offensive team, two of the best players in the league, and they ended up getting swept. But when I went and kind of dug into some numbers, I felt even better about it, (laughs) you know, because... Colorado handled the Oilers in very similar way to the Predators. The Predators lost to the Avalanche in four games in a very similar way that Edmonton did. You know, in the Oilers series, the score was twenty-two to thirteen goals in favor of the Avalanche. The Pred series was twenty-one to nine in favor of the Avalanche. So it wasn't like the Predators weren't uh, producing some offense. It wasn't like you know they were blown out. But the Avalanche have been able to just contain offensive threats. Whether it's with Nashville, whether it was with St. Louis, whether it's with the Oilers, you know, Drysaitel and McDavid, not huge numbers. Now Evander Kane was a whole thing, but he sat out. Mm -hmm. He sat in the press box and watched his team eliminated from the playoffs. So that's a moment. I can hear the pettiness
0: in your voice right
1: now. I am. I am a little petty. Yep, I am. But, you know, the Avalanche did the same thing, I think, with Forsberg and Duchesne. It's like they look at, okay, who do we need to shut down? And they're very good at containing them. And so there are a lot of similarities in the way they swept the Oilers and the way they swept the Predators. And in theory, We can dive into this, but in theory, you could say that the Predators could have made it to the third round and been eliminated by the Avalanche, just like the Oilers did.
0: Well, that's an interesting theory. theory. I kind of (laughs) want to dive into that uh, in just a second and kind of want to give my takes on whether I thought the Predators maybe played better. Than the Edmonton Oilers, uh, but first, want to mention today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, who have a new flavor out and oh, come on, caramel brownie! Don't oh, you just gosh. love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? Well, what about a brownie with caramel swirled on top? And what if I told you you can have all of that goodness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are now available at Built.com, and you gotta act fast because they're a fan favorite. You don't need dessert when you have these. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. Yeah, you can pretty much replace a regular brownie with built-bar brownies, and they taste just as good. And, hey, it's a protein bar. I get it. But that doesn't mean it's not tasty. Caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. You don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy with built bars. You can have both. Plus they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides other uh, wonderful health benefits. So there are a million reasons that you should try built bars, but for now, Let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world. That's not an understatement. Go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now. That sounds absolutely delicious, and now I am hungry. (laughs) And um, let's go back to to kind of the discussion you brought up a second earlier. And that Mm -hmm. is, let's say the Predators didn't blow that game to the Arizona Coyotes. Let's say they took on the Calgary Flames. Yes. Is there a path for Nashville to get to the Western Conference Finals? if the roles are reversed even maybe without uc sorrows
1: that's a great question i think the trouble would lie when they run into the oilers i don't know what do you think how do you think they would have done like let's play let's play what if
0: well let's let's start with the calgary series yes um because it's hard to tell, Calgary didn't look great all postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, they had trouble with Dallas, like, yeah. they went to an elimination game with Dallas and had to eke out an overtime win in that one. Um, and you look, Jake Ottinger was playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the goaltending situation would have been like for Nashville back then, right? Uh, because you know, they probably would have started David Riddick. Um, and I'm not sure he is what you needed to win that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, the Preds, hey, the way Dallas played against the Flames, the way they really didn't kind of show out at all in the postseason, there is a compelling argument to be made mm-hmm. there that the Preds could very easily sneak up on the Calgary Flames, a team they played yes. very well over the course of the season and at Mm -hmm. least get to the second round. And then maybe, you know, our viewpoint changes on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the Predators could have handled Calgary better than Colorado right out of the gate. And I think it would have benefited Nashville to have a little bit more time on the ice under their belts instead of just a four-game sweep right up against Colorado. Like, I think they could have chugged out – some better hockey against Calgary, and and I think that would have helped them. They just could not; they just didn't have time to get any postseason traction against the Abs, and I think they could have against Calgary.
0: Yeah, that takes us on to round number two, which was oh. Edmonton. Um, yeah. That to me, that's that's more of the sticky wicket, right? I think for the Nashville Predators because they did not play well. Uh, against Edmonton this year, and the way that that McDavid, Drysyle, Kane combination was going, and the way Zach Hyman was starting to step up. Uh, yes, you know the 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 defensive sort of woes for Nashville late in the season. I don't know how well you stack up uh, against mm-hmm. those three. Uh, yeah, so that's you know.
1: that's where the UC Soros factor, I think, would have been huge to not have Soros against them would have been a real challenge real challenge
0: yeah i think there's you know you're having a very different conversation Mm -hmm. if you see Soros is in net for the nashville predators because he's kind of the eraser you know he's the guy that will go in and erase the team in front of him's bad performance he did it all of you know the 2021 season you know predators had no business being in that postseason last year and and look what happened yeah Um, and i do think yeah he easily could have made a series if the predators had won uh that contest against arizona in sort of you know reverse time a little bit reverse the whole portal
1: yeah Um, And what do you think? How do you think the Predators like, like, let's continue down this what if path. Like, let's just say we had Soros, the Predators pull out a seven game series against the Oilers and then face the Colorado Avalanche. What, how would that, how would that potential pretend series look different than the Colorado Predator series that we had?
0: this postseason like how do you think it would look you even have to go back to the original series and think Colorado Mm -hmm. versus Predators in round one with Soros and suddenly that's yes you know I I do think Colorado still probably pulls that one off just because Mm -hmm. I don't think Nashville could have matched um, you know their firepower Um, and obviously as we saw you know the defense didn't really do a good job of containing the Mm Avs. yeah and so, you know, you're still relying a lot on UC Soros, but I do think he comes in and steals a couple of games. And then maybe that's a six game series, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's even a seven game series, yes. um, you know, just based on your goaltender getting really, really hot at the right time. So I think that series is a little bit closer with Soros and net. but after seeing what the abs did in St. Louis, after seeing what they did against the Edmonton Oilers, I, I still think it's painfully clear yes. uh, that nashville was never going to be in that series you know yes. maybe maybe they still a couple games but i think by far the AVs would have been the better team then and always
1: yeah and i think it's good that i feel like we can say confidently that the best team in the western conference is in the stanley cup finals and i Absolutely. don't think that always happens but i think without a doubt the best team in the Western conference is playing in the Stanley cup finals.
0: Yeah. Well, you've, you've kind of had a weird, interesting dynamic the past few years where it's always kind of been this one team that kind of gets hot at the right time. Um, You know, and it sounds like this year might break that, um, you know, because if, if Tampa gets it, obviously they're the Tampa Bay lightning two time defending Stanley cup champions. If the Rangers get in, You know, they're still first place in, you know, their division Mm -hmm. for a lot of the year. One of the top teams, the guy, the team with the best goaltender in the league right now in one of the most dynamic scores in Artemi Panarin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, either way, you're not getting kind of this underdog story, whoever the Avalanche wind up playing. Um, But it is interesting, and I kind of look back at the past couple of years, and this is kind of the first time that the front runner in the West has moved on to the Stanley cup. Yes. Finals. I mean, we've seen yes. it the last couple of years, you know, uh, remember Montreal how was somehow put in the Western conference last year when all the COVID reshuffling happened. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had the year before the Dallas stars in the, uh, that play in tournament, right you know, in retrospect, kind of a fluky move, you know, mm-hmm. even the, the year before that St. Louis blues won the Stanley cup. I don't think anybody was going into that playoffs penciling right, in calling blues them as the best team in the Western conference. Yes. So with this, you know, Colorado was penciled in by a lot of people as mm-hmm. not just the Western conference favorite, but the Stanley cup favorite. And they met expectations this year. And this is the first time in the West you could probably say that about a team.
1: Well, and I love to see that, you know, everybody does love the underdog story. Everybody does love the they came into the playoffs and magic happened. And, you know, that makes for an interesting story. The problem is it also sets really scary expectations for teams like the Nashville Predators, (laughs) you know. So I like the idea that we're going to have a Stanley Cup final with two of the best teams in the NHL facing off, where there's not just a how did they get here moment. It's very obvious that you're going to look at the two best teams facing off. And I love that. It may not be the most interesting narrative, but it's going to make for some outrageously good hockey. And I am 100% here for that.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's go back to Preds, Avalanche. You know, obviously they got knocked out in... Uh, round one, uh, a little bit of contention.
1: Between, oh, a little uh, bit. A
0: lot of different people from both fan bases, maybe a little bit on the player's side as well. A so, little bit? <laughs> if you're a Predators fan, Anne, Yeah. do yeah. you cheer for the Colorado Avalanche to win it all?
1: Yeah, this is one I wrestle with in the sense that. There was a a fat load of steaming snark between the fan bases and the players. Like Colorado and Nashville, there was zero love lost between these two teams in the regular season and into the postseason. And so it's a little hard to overlook some of the past. There is a part of me, though, that is pragmatic enough to say, I would rather say we were swept in the first round by the Stanley Cup champions mm-hmm. than to say you know the runners up. You know there there's something a little bit uh, soothing about well everybody lost to the Colorado Avalanche in the postseason, but it's not. Look, cheering for them is not an easy one. Like it's not an easy get for yeah. me. But for me personally, I think pragmatically, I think let's go abs like just finish this just finish it it's like you're watching a boxing match and one guy is just kind of bloody and the other guy isn't quite tired yet you're just like just end him just yeah. end him and that's where <laughs> yeah. i feel like we are in the playoffs with the avalanche just end them and and you know let's call it good we lost to the muhammad ali of the nhl okay that feels better
0: <laughs> you, you can so, put a okay. feather in your cap for the season with that yeah right what uh, about you Yeah, that's that's sort of the same debate, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, do you want to say you were knocked out by the best team in the NHL versus, you know, are you content with seeing a team that, you know, is a division rival, a team that's, you know, kind of getting a little bit spicy on the rivalry scale over the past couple of years or so? Do you want to see them happy more or less? (laughs) You know, that, that's kind of debate. you know, that's never, you know, that's the same yeah. thing. You know, if the if the Chicago Blackhawks knocked out the Predators in round one, would anybody cheer for the Chicago Blackhawks to win the Stanley no. Cup? No. Yeah. I mean, same thing with the St. Louis Blues or Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. And Colorado was kind of taping that. Um, yeah. You know, it would be fun as hell to see, you know, a team kind of put together in this sort of, you know, high end action team wind up winning it all. Um, I
1: think it helps that everybody can look at this Colorado roster. That's just obscenely talented and know that the Nashville predators aren't going to face this same Colorado avalanche team next season. So it makes it a little bit more palatable to root for the abs, knowing we do not have to play this exact same roster next year, because this roster is not going to exist for Colorado and Nashville may Look at some of these. You know, there's a couple players on the Abs team that maybe Nashville's going to look at. So I think that makes it slightly more palatable because this is like this is it for Colorado. They're not. They're probably not going to be the same caliber team next season,
0: yeah. well, just because of
1: contracts and well, cap space.
0: I mean, they're still going to be the Colorado Avalanche, but Well, for you know, sure they're not going, going to not have gonna new be core maybe not with this exact lookup and, you know, they're going to have to make some cap decisions over the next year or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, they're, they're still going to be pretty good for quite some time.
1: Right. But they're not going to be this team that swept us. They're not, they're just not, they're going to, are they going to be good? Probably they've got a good core. I would agree with that. I don't Mm -hmm. think we're going to see this same, this same level of play out of Colorado next season. And so that makes it a little more palatable as a Nashville Predators fan to say, okay, I can give them this one. They can have one happiness, one year of happiness.
0: I think it also kind of depends on who they play also, because if they play Tampa, there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of people that are going to be jeering for Colorado just to kind of see something different. You know, they don't want to right. you know, see the same team win three years in a row. Um, whereas, you know, there, there's varying opinions about New York. I like the New York Rangers. I think they're a fun team, and I think Igor Shosturkin is right now the best Colts in the yes. league. Yes. Um, so, you know, from that ND cheer from that, you know, there's also other people that just don't like – you know the the rangers for you know various they're new york yeah. yeah because they're new york or whatever so you know i think it also kind of depends on who they play and how you feel about tampa or new york um, are
1: you going to root for the abs in the stanley cup
0: we'll see who they play
1: <laughs> all right we'll, well see played. who they play all right i'm 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 just in i'm rolling with it like at this point it's you know it feels inevitable to me um i think one team from the east could make it a more interesting series but i'm just rolling with it if the nashville predators are going to get swept let's get swept by the stanley cup
0: champions and call it a day yeah agree to disagree (laughs) yep that's true We'll, of course, uh, keep tracking the Stanley Cup playoffs throughout the year. We're going to see who the Avalanche wind up playing. Plus, mm-hmm. plenty of more Preds talk coming up. Uh, we got report cards for Ryan Johansson and Matthias Eckholm coming up. We're going to be talking with some of our Central Division frenemies mm-hmm. about their mm-hmm. paths uh, this season and what they have coming up this offseason. Uh, and we'll get into some N- NHL draft rankings Yes, down the road. Uh, who are some people the Predators could target Are buddy. Eric Danae is going to be helping us with that. Um, so lots to look forward to here in the Lockdown Predators podcast. So make sure you're coming back here every single day for a new episode. Uh, until then, Anne, where can the people find your work online?
1: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Read my work at ontheforecheck.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know uh, whether you're going to be cheering for the Colorado Avalanche uh, this Mm postseason in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's going to do it for us on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with a new episode. We'll see you then.